stay fly, stay fly. Uh, but a lot of people believe that as long as I'm not putting my hands on people, then I'm not racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever. You know, um, as long as I'm not saying kill these people, then I'm not those things. And I'm like, no, there's also microaggressions. Yo, uh, I, I thought you were super progressive. <laughs> Do you cancel me now? <laughs> well, you always say, uh, you know, leave it to the black woman. Hey, this is Seiko, Fly Guy Seiko from the Fly Guys podcast. There are times when I interview people that I really don't necessarily agree with or I don't agree with all of their positions. This is one of those times. <laughs> uh, but enjoy the ride. Stay fly, stay fly. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed on the Fly Guy Podcast by the guests of the Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Arnie Thomas here on the Bold School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe and share he's saying some good things share it don't keep it to yourself two one it's another episode of the fly guys podcast one of the flyest guys around my man dan trez omi hip-hop salute what's up brethren and we have queenie the curator what's up beautiful how you doing hello hello okay i'm good good stuff good stuff tonight we're going to talk about safe spaces tell you, uh, the concept of safe spaces has been coming up more and more with the people that I interact with. And it's not just necessarily racial, it's um, you know, gender, it's belief system, it's political affiliation. It's like everyone is kind of latching on to the term safe spaces. And I know that Eddie was really the one who wanted us to discuss safe spaces. Um, so let's start off with a uh, with a what's a working definition, and you know who we're gonna go to? We're gonna throw that to my man Dan Trez Omi, Mister Working Definition, Mister Socially Progressive. Uh, what's a safe space, bro? Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the, the definition I use in my classroom. Uh, a safe space is a, is a space that actually a safer space, right? Because all most you know sometimes we can create a safe space, and it'll still, sometimes it'll be unsafe for someone. Um, but a safer space is, a, is a, a place where we could all be our full, true, authentic selves, where self-determination is like the, uh, the you know, the motivation, motivating factor for what's going on. Right. So um, I like to say Kujishagulia because that's my favorite Kwanzaa principle. Um, and it's really about self-determination. A lot of people to be who they are, um, identify themselves to be who they are and be their true be self, true self. And, and it should also be liberating, a liberating space. So even even if I go in. And um, let's say, for example, I do make somebody feel unsafe. It's a, it's a space where I'm held accountable, right? Um, and I'm allowed that that space for a learning process so that I can learn why what I said or did was wrong and made somebody else feel unsafe, but also because liberation should be about, you know, both of us as well, not just the victim, but also myself as well. It's interesting that you use the term safer space. I hadn't heard that. I'm not as socially, socially progressive as you are, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm still learning. I guess it's... We all, we all learning, though. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like what just happened right here, like, you know, 
I allowed you to learn, go through that process and be like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You know, I didn't say that before. And it allowed people to grow because a lot of times we don't know, right? And just because I don't know doesn't mean I should be ostracized, you know? So. But we're in a, uh, we're in an environment where we're in a cancel environment. We're canceling people. We're xing people out. We're muting people. Is that, that doesn't seem consistent with the concept of safer spaces. And what's interesting to me is the people who, in many times, I've seen people who are pushing for safer spaces are more apt to cancel and mute people who aren't progressing as quickly as they should. Am I wrong in that? Am I off base? I know I am a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Um, it's funny because... Um, I'm going back to myself. Like if I had, I had a blog, right? And right. I my blog up, right? And there's some, there's some pieces in that in my blog that are, that are you know transphobic, that are homophobic, that are uh, misogynistic, that are um, I can go on and on with the different things that I believed in back then. But I left it up, you know. And a lot of people hit me up and say, you know, I found this on your blog, and I was like, yeah, you know, look at the timestamp, like look, you know. Yeah, I did believe in those things. I did spout those things. I did, even though, for example, just because I wasn't out attacking people of the LGBT community and beating them up and dragging them in the street doesn't mean I still wasn't homophobic, right? right. I, was still creating, I was still creating a space. I was still creating spaces where it was hostile to them, right? Even just in what I was writing and what I was saying. So, um, and I had to grow from that, right? And fortunately for me, I had people in my life who really were like, hey, you need to evolve, you need to change, and they held me accountable, and they also allowed me time to process, even though, even though, let me be clear, even though people of the LGBT community really don't have time for us to get to, you know, to get to evolve because a lot of them are dying, right? You know, we're killing a lot of them, so a lot of times they don't have the, the time for us to really evolve like we need to be evolving, but there are people in my life that gave me that space to evolve and to process and to learn to really educate. They educated me on a lot of things and they, they gave me that time to do that. So I do believe that we do need a lot of people time to learn and process and grow because we didn't all come out the womb like this, right? I didn't come out the womb this way. So um, at the same time, I need to be held accountable, right? If what I say is affecting people on different levels, I need to be held accountable for that. I need to be checked on that. Um, do I need to be canceled? I don't know. I, depending, to, to be honest, depending on how much damage I cause, I might need to be canceled, right? It, because I might have caused some really bad, I might have really destroyed some lives. And that's probably where we need to have that discussion, right? So when I think about safe space, I think that there's safe space and there's learning space. And safe space is really for people that are marginalized. So safe space is about the people that are marginalized and having space for them to exist without microaggressions happening. Learning space is different from safe space. Learning space is space where we know we're walking into this space and the possibility of a microaggression is possible, but we're going to give you the space to learn. Those are two very different things. Okay. Hmm. I like that. Uh, Danny, uh, yo, uh, I, I thought you were super progressive. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Do you cancel me now? <laughs> well, you always say, uh, you know, leave it to the black woman. So, uh, <laughs> safe spaces and learning. Now, is that just your concept or is that something that's well known? Um, I think that in certain circles, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's growing. Um, I know that there is this, there's a, a clash where we're asking people to, I don't want to have microaggressions in whatever area it is. Right. So I go to a majority white church and I didn't go to church today because I didn't feel like being microaggressed. Um, and so there are times that I just take that and they think they're safe and they're not. And so for me, I have to, when I, cause I'm the co-chair of the racial justice task force there. And so when I have those meetings, I recognize that those are, um, that's learning space. So I give the room for them to have the conversation. So th- there has to be someone has it, it shouldn't be my labor in order for someone to learn. That's not my responsibility. Sure mm, Are you learning as well in that learning space? Am I? Yes. Usually not, to be honest. Because I mean, I, I know I know this walk as a black lesbian, right? So I'm really I, I don't have to try to understand what it is to be in power. I'm, what do I need to know that for? That's not <laughs> you know. I I may be clarifying, but not. I'm not interested at all about. Uh, no, don't want need. I don't need to know about their their power position. Interesting. It's not, it's not Interesting. A, yeah. I mean, it's and I get that a lot. Like, so for instance, my maintenance guy said that I have a household of um, man haters. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I said, so, I mean, I'm going to be frank about it. There's a um, an app for dating that I'm not sure how it works because it's not mine, but it doesn't allow dick pics in the same way that these other apps do. So like Tinder, I guess you can just send dick pics to whomever you choose to. All right. And this is set up by women so that they just don't get unsolicited dick pics. Because we don't want unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> it's just not what we want. Okay. That's a thing in the dating world. I think that's a thing. That's a thing in all social media apps. So even even I get dick pics and I don't I am not even trying to look for any, so just the FYI. You know. Yeah. What is that about? What is yeah, this I about? I don't know. I, I I guess I guess, you know, a lot of men assume if I just show him this, then you know he's gonna want me. I don't know. I don't know. So Okay. So I get so- that on Twitter too. If I'm t- going through some uh, various tweets, like one of the tweets for our podcast, 
And, you know, I clicked on it and I was like, I don't want to see that. And I also get those same pictures from women, too. I, 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 I'm a little happier to see those. Um, but um, those aren't solicited as well. No, they're not solicited. Yeah, if you didn't ask, if you didn't ask for them, they're not solicited. You know, I went to uh, I went to the Comic Con today here in Tidewater, and one of the signs said, "Cosplay is not consent." Correct. And I was like, "Oh, that's fire! That's right. fire!" Just because I'm dressed up that way, and this is my interpretation of it, doesn't mean that you can take a picture of me. Because I didn't ask you to take a picture of me. I didn't give you permission to take a picture of me. Uh, or it might be just because I'm in this this outfit doesn't mean you can address me the way those characters address each other in the anime. And it, it probably means a whole bunch of other stuff that was totally above my head. Um, but I just thought that was kind of fire that says cosplay is not consent. And, you know, I guess we should say, hey, um, Twitter handles are not consent either. I, That's I, correct. That's correct. So this, what you just did was a good example. So are you saying that when I said something about dick pics, are you saying that you think that we get we, there are as many dick pics and equally amount of, I guess, vulva pics. Clip pics. <laughs> that are sent out. Are you saying that it's equally? I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that's the equal amount. I don't. I have no idea. Those. Those aren't things I look for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So this I've been is told. Example. I've been told by women that they get a lot of unsolicited dick pics, like consistently, whether they're on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, Tinder, they tell me all the time. But like I said, I've gotten a few, you know, in my DMs. I've gotten a few. So I I, I mean I believe them from the start. I believe them from the start. So um so I but I I know I'm pretty sure there's way more. I don't know how we get to this this tangent. There's okay, way so more dick pics. We're gonna blame this one on Tessa. We're gonna blame this one on Queen. You know, leave it to the black woman. <laughs> no. So what happens is when we have, have these kind of conversations and I'm talking about women and, you know, we are marginalized and, you know, we don't want to have these dick pics. And then your response, Seiko, is, well, women do it, too. And so I feel like I don't think that's the assessment of what I said. Wait, you, that's what, what you said. My point was that. Without consent, and you said consent, without consent, anytime somebody pushes something on you is wrong. Yes, but I was talking about marginalized people. So I see what you're saying, but in talking about marginalized people and whether this is safe space or not, then a lot of times the space is specifically for the person that is marginalized. And so you ask me, is that learning space for me too? And my answer is, I'm not interested in learning about people in power. They have the platform all the time. So I'm not interested in in that. And so that- Okay. But do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but my, my question was, since the term learning space was new to me, I wanted yeah. to know if it was reciprocal. You just yeah. stated it wasn't. I'm cool with that. I just hadn't heard the term before. And I'm learning. And, and I just don't care if I learn or not. 
No, in this case, it's learning space. It's not necessarily safe space. And I recognize that. So that's, I'm giving you that room. I'm okay with that. But that was a, I'm just saying that that was an example of how it, it plays out. Do you get what I'm saying? We good. Okay. <laughs> I, I got you a lot of clear. I got you a lot of clear. I was just wondering, we went on that tangent. We went, that was like, Lord, how does that feel? But, uh, yeah, because I was, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the interesting thing about safer spaces is that they're seeming to pop up. The term safer spaces is popping up. I was I was in a uh, event yesterday, and the lady raised a lady raised her hand and said, "I hope I'm in a safe space because I want to share my reality." And we were in a business meeting, and I was like, "Whoa, safe space in a business meeting? Business meeting where you know it was predominantly women. the The facilitator was a woman. We were talking about women in business. I was kind of like a guest in the room." And it was interesting to me that in that environment, she kind of asked permission or wanted to make sure that it was a safe space. And I was like, wow, I, I never considered um, this concept of uh, safe, safer spaces in a business setting. And I also have heard people use that term in political arenas. You know, I go to the to the events for both the Democrat and the Republican Party. And I've heard people in both of those meetings and those events say, you know, safer space for us to discuss our views. Um, so I just see, think it's interesting that the term safe space, not necessarily safer, that's a new one on me too, but the term safe space is starting to be used in multiple locations. And you're right, I see that happen. I see that happen. More, more in different places that I go to, I hear that asked often, um, and all the time. And you're right, I, I agree with you. I, I, will, I do want to say this though, um, because like, you know, I think I think debate is healthy. I, I think it's wonderful. I think it should be debates. Uh, but there are some there are some ideas that I feel are completely hostile, and I feel like um, if I feel like your your ideas. Are oppressing and continue are, are in the process or are going to or using policy to oppress other people, then I don't think those views need to be discussed. You know, um, I, I sincerely believe that. I sincerely believe that if, if you have an opinion that eventually ends up oppressing a group of people, then we don't need to be discussing it. You know, that's that's exactly how I feel. I know people have an issue with that, um, and I see that happen in political arenas as well. You know, where people will have, uh, you know, a policy that they want to discuss. And I feel like, oh, that policy is kind of oppressive. Um, I don't think we should be discussing it. Um, and, you know, some people are like, oh, but you're being hostile to me. And I'm like, nah, I think you're being hostile to those people. Because if people try to use that as a way to get that, to get whatever they feel out there, you know? Right. All right. Well, are there rules to this ish, like uh, Biggie said? <laughs> <laughs> There are rules. I mean, um, general rules. So one is confidentiality. Um, so when someone says that, you know, I want to make sure that this is safe space, that's, you know, I'm not going to be attacked when I say what I say. And B, I want to make sure that what I say stays here and it's not put out there when we leave this room. So there's a, you know, a sense of confidentiality. 
So every every meeting that I've ever been in, and we said it was safe space, has always had confidentiality. We we use we usually say agreements. Um, yeah. We usually say up front, we say these are the agreements, and if you can't agree to this, then you know you can either leave or um, we won't we won't do it. You know, um, but I call them agreements because I think part of the most difficult things that we, that I faced is getting people to buy in to the idea of a safer space. You know, like you know, getting into that idea of not only being a part of the safer space, but also to defend that safer space, right? So when they see someone breaking those agreements, they can address that. They can say, "Hey, you know, you you agree to this. You shouldn't be doing you know exactly opposite of what we all agreed on." Hmm. Why would you need to get buy-in for people to agree to being in a quote-unquote safe or safer space? What are some of the things that people don't seem to agree to? Um, what are I, I, the think, I think confidentiality. Confidential. That's probably the that's probably the easiest one to break, right? Because sometimes we will we'll learn some information, and our sometimes our intentions aren't bad. But we might relay that to someone else and then word gets around. And that that's fucked up. Even if my intentions were good, that's still fucked up. You know, so we have to get people to agree that whatever we discuss in here, we're not like, for example, let's say we we're in a safer space right here, right now. And I discuss something that I want, you know, I'm telling you all in confidence. And right. you, you and Queenie go, you know, after it's over, you and Queenie go out and get coffee and you discuss what I discuss. You know, even though I did tell y'all that's not something we should discuss outside of where we at right here, unless I'm present. You know, so even though your intentions may be good, that's still a break in confidentiality, mm. right? So a lot of people do it casually. I've seen people do it casually, like they didn't have any bad intentions. But I'm like, hey, that person's not here, or what we discussed was discussed in there, and we kind of resolved it. And you know, that goes back to that goes back to trying to resolve whatever issue it is, like. If we resolve the issue here, even if, you know, and then I walk away and then I go tell my boy, then obviously the issue wasn't resolved and we got to resolve that. So, but I, I think confidentiality is probably the biggest one that we all break. Uh, I'm guilty of that too, right? Um, and that's one that we break consistently, but we have to agree that we have to buy into that, that, you know, what stays here, what happens here stays here. You know, that's one of the great things about you, Dan Trez. You admit to your flaws. And I think that's a great example that you're displaying. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. Um, what says you, Queenie? So I think that um, when I'm in a meeting, um, like I said, I, I'm the co-chair of the Racial Justice Task Force. And um, a lot of times issues come up that we will move on past that. And the people that are used to being in positions of power, specifically white men, um, they will continue to talk about that. And so part of what we have to do is agree that those people that are in positions of power have to step back. And that's part of our rules. So we say give space for introverts, for women, for marginalized people, and those people that are traditionally in positions of power to step back and give that space to them. So that's one of our agreements that we say in our meeting. Hmm. How call it step up, step back. Step up, step back. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and you do this with your church primarily. Mm-hmm. How well has it been accepted with the rest of the members who are not part of the 
the task force? Um, it's difficult because people are used to being able to say what they want to say when they want to say it. And then we say, no, that's not an option for you right now. And then we'll do things like, um, if you've already had the floor, then we'll bypass you and give somebody else the floor. A lot of people that are in, and they don't even realize it a lot of times, that, that are in positions of power, it's uncomfortable for them because they want to just be able to say what they want to say. They're used to it. Um, women communicate very differently than men do. We often will wait for that space in order to speak. And extroverts will, you know, that space is not as large. And so introverts and men, um, often there's a battle between women, men, introverts, and extroverts when we're having these conversations. So we have to give that space to introverts and we have to give that space to women when we're having these these conversations. And I'm glad I'm glad you said you talked about extroverts and introverts because that's one thing we also try to do. We try to say, hey, you know, you 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 people over here usually speak the most. We want to hear from other people as well. We want to hear their opinions. Um, you know, what they have to say. And usually, you know, the introverts usually have a lot to say, you know. Um, um, and then again, it's, it's an, it's a, for extroverts, it's an ego thing too, you know, checking your ego at the door uh, because you want to say everything. You want to you wanna be, you want the floor to yourself. Um, and uh, so for the extroverts, it's, it's an ego thing. But I agree, I'm glad that you said that. I'm really glad. Hmm. When we deal with uh, religious values, and I guess but let's 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 go with your church as one. Well, your, your church may not be a good example, uh, and, and I should probably give some context. Uh, and I can't define your your church, so I'll let you define it for those who are listening to it a little later on. But I'm sure they need some context for my statement. What church do you attend, and what does your church value? Okay, Coastal Virginia Unitarian Universalist. Okay. Um, I'm a Unitarian and um, we have principles that we follow. We are not a faith-based religion. We are a behavior-based religion. So it really doesn't matter if um, your original faith is um, Christianity or for, um, if you're a Buddhist or um whatever brings you to the table, it's how you behave and how you treat people and how you treat the earth and those kinds of things. So we're behavior-based, not faith-based. Whatever gets you there is we believe that you should be in search of your own truth. Okay. Okay. So with that being said, uh, that's why I said that your church may not be a great example (laughs) to go with. Uh, But there are there's a great debate about what just happened in Alabama with abortion and we want to stay on safe spaces. So where is a safe space to have that conversation? Or like Dan Trez says, simply because the decisions can and are oppressing people, should we have them at all? So is there a safe space to have the conversation or should we not have the conversation? 
think the only way to make that a safer space is for men to shut the fuck up and let the women talk about it. Because when we see that debate um, online, we see it at the at City Hall, it's mostly old white men talking. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, it's mostly religious, you know, men of the cloth, quote unquote, who are talking about that. And um, I don't see women being allowed that opportunity to talk, you know, unless unless they're protesting out in the street. I don't see that being, you know, I don't see that happening. Um, people that are making these decisions are not women. Um, and that is completely hostile space for women, completely hostile. Um, so the only way really to fix it is to then get out the way and let women talk about their reproductive rights and their, you know, and the agencies of their own bodies. Really, that's the only way it's going to work. So, yes, I think that that men definitely need to, to keep their mouths closed about this, because, again, you know, this is my body and it's a lot of things that men don't even understand about our bodies and they're making decisions about them. You know, um, it's like there's a meme going around, a cartoon with dogs making a decision about felines. That's what it's like. It's like makes no sense. Um but it goes back to, you know, all the laws, the pink Stay tax, fly. the, you know, um, taxes on feminine products and menstruation products and not on other medical things because they consider it cosmetic. This is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, it's maternity leave and it's all of the things that have to do with women's health and men make these decisions. And so I I don't think that men need to not be part of the conversation because those are the ones that actually do the voting, unfortunately. And so men need to speak up and talk to their brothers, right? So that when they go vote, that they vote the right way. So what's happening right now is they're not listening to women and then they're still making a vote. There has to be a conversation. Interesting. Good point. Good point. No, you, you, you made a good point about the voting, and you, you, you're right about that. I stand corrected. Like, yeah, but I just would like to see more women uh, being allowed to speak um, and help, and also make those decisions and write that policy, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, what can we do to create safer spaces? Overall, or let's start overall, and then we can narrow it down as we see fit. I know what happened to me. You know, you know personally, what happened to me was um, I asked the question that I asked myself when I leave work, or when I leave. Say, for example, I, I teach capoeira on Sundays. When I leave my right. capoeira class on Sundays, the question that I always ask myself is, did I leave the space safer than it was when I first got here? Yes. And sometimes that answer is no. You know, sometimes that answer is yes, but there are times when that answer is no. And then I have to ask myself, how do I make it safer when I get back here? What do I need to do to make it safer? You know, or did I not like I saw something happen and I didn't defend that person. Right. Um, When one of my women colleagues has an idea and she brings it up in a meeting and no one pays attention to her. Do I say, hey, wait a second. She had an idea. We should like address it. Like, did I do that or did I just not say nothing? You know, um, and I and I consistently ask myself that question first. So I always do that self check when I leave work, um, and then figure out a plan when I come back. That's the first thing I do. 
Um, second thing is um, getting people to buy in. You that's again that's probably the biggest hurdle. Getting people to buy into safer spaces. Well, you know you you you, you might have a, you might change something different in your space. Um, like we're not going to use these words, right? But you might have someone who's going to say, "Well, I've been using this word all my life. It ain't bothering nobody." You know, my best friend is black. You know, my girlfriend is black, or I have friends who are gay, and they let me say it. So I know I, I think I can say it here. And this is kind of like getting people to buy in. It's probably the hardest part of, of the entire conversation. Hmm. What are some of the other things that people have been resistant to changing to make safer spaces? Um, mention some of the terminology. Yeah, you know, terminology. Um, you know, um, you, usually it's terminology, but also how we how we address people. Like, how do we like how do we address people? Um, um, the terms that we use. You know, like for example, a good one is like saying female. You know. And I always, I always correct people when they say, well, females do this. And I'm like, well, what are you talking, are you talking about? Female birds or female crickets? What are you, what are you talking about? Because I don't understand what you're saying. Um, just like she was saying, like, like Queenie was saying, microaggressions, right? Um, a lot of people will say, I don't understand what the big deal is about this particular microaggression. They'll say that. They'll say that. And I'm like, well, this is why it's racist or it's sexist or whatever. Um, and you shouldn't be doing that, you know? Um, but a lot of people believe that as long as I'm not putting my hands on people, then I'm not racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever. You know, um, as long as I'm not saying kill these people, then I'm not those things. And I'm like, no, there's also microaggressions. Um, there's those things as well. So I, I know I get a lot of kickback from the microaggressions as well as the terminology. Hmm. So I want to be clear about safe space, not just be being a group setting. You know, safe space can, I had to explain to my students the other day that sexual harassment isn't just you saying some something directly to another person. Mm-hmm. I could be in the room, the two of you say something to each other because I'm there and I hear it, that still can be considered sexual harassment. Yep. And so safe space means that I am not going to feel uncomfortable in this space. And it could just be with like the three of us. Safe space is not just a group setting. It is like I'm a lesbian. And so I always hear people say like little comments about, you know, like they will straight out say dyke. Um, that's not okay. You know, um, living in this area is very difficult because in this area, saying homophobic things that they think you know like they say that they're fruity they say that you know um such and such is gay they're saying i mean it's all kinds of things like you know tell that boy to man up you know um all kinds of things that are said and i'm in that space and that makes that space unsafe for me so i don't talk about any of the things and so people will say you are really distant i am because i can't trust you so that's not safe space. You're right. You're right. Hmm. How do we make those safe those spaces safer? The, the ones you just discussed. Uh, the classrooms. The yeah. Well, yeah. in the classroom, I, mean, I I do not allow. And I say this. I said, you know, we 
do not say negative things about other people or about ourselves. So we're not allowed to call ourselves stupid. We're not allowed to say that somebody else is stupid. We don't use the R word retarded. We don't use the, you know, the F word faggot. We don't use the N word nigga. We don't use, you know, and I go through that. And so all year long, I'm certainly saying over and over and over to my students, you will not do that in my classroom. Ever. And so I constantly say that this space in my classroom is a safe space. And I'm not going to tolerate, not only can you not do it to other people, but you can't do it to yourself. So that's how I treat it. Hmm. Do you think those children are, those students rather, uh, are taking the mantle that you're that you're lighting and carrying and taking it into their homes and their communities where some of those conversations are normal. Uh, I mean, in, in Portsmouth, the uh, the women of the LGBTQ plus IA uh, community use that term dyke against and, uh, amongst themselves. And many of those children are raised in those homes. So do you think, and, I, and it's, I'm saying this because of the experiences I had in Portsmouth. So do you think that the message that you're taking, the mantle that you're taking is moving into the children and moving into the community? Because I think that's the direction all, that we need. all to marginalized groups, we often take the word that is used against us and use it for ourselves. We do it with the N word, we do it with the B word, we do it with the, that's what we do. We do it with the, the F word, we do that because we take the sting off. We can call each other, if we're in this group, that name. My question is, okay, my question is, do you think your children, the students, are taking your vantage point, your, your, your message, and taking it into the community? Well, that's I think what, some, that's of what them I'm going with. Some, some of them do. They talk to me about it and they say that's not right. I mean, we just had a huge conversation about um, immigration and, the, you know, I, my school is 100% free lunch. And, um, 95% black and they said it smells like illegal immigrants in the hallway like who says that and so I had to check them and not only did I check them but then I went to the soccer coach and said this is what the kids are saying and so he had a whole conversation with them about that and so I think that as long as we make it not okay and we don't give them passes then it will continue we have to stay on top of it. And and, and, and so something you said, Seiko, in your question that I think is important is that, I, I, you know, I'm not saying all the students leave with that, you know, you know, with, you know, with that idea. But as long as they're having those conversations, right, because I, I had students come back to me and said, hey, I said this around my mom and my dad. And they said this. And I'm like, you know, but at least you're having those conversations. Right. Because I know for me, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was having these conversations consistently and learning and being educated. And that's what I want my students to do. Good stuff. Uh, we have 15 seconds. Uh, Queen, you want to end this? Well, I just want to say that we need to work every day on ourselves in order to make the space around us safe spaces for other people. All right. And I just want to say, stay fly. 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 The views expressed on the Fly Guy Podcast 
by the guests of the Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests, unless we say we agree, unless explicitly stated. <laughs> stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly.